Welcome to Irvine, California, where it's easy to play like pros. At the heart of Irvine's competitive culture is Great Park, the region's premier 194-acre multi-sport complex, equipped for youth teams to Olympians and everything in between. Plus, Great Park's expansion is underway. With near-perfect weather and a thriving sports scene, Irvine is the place to play. Visit DestinationIrvine.com for more information. Good morning. A Pittsburgh radio station is reporting that Heinz will end its 21-year naming rights deal at Heinz Field in Pittsburgh. The Ketchup Giant will not extend its deal for 2022, and sources say the Pittsburgh Steelers could announce a new name for the stadium as early as this week. So something to keep an eye on. And this is your Morning Buzzcast for Monday, July 11th. Good morning. I'm Abe Madcore. Hope everybody is ready for the start of another work week. I have mentioned on the Buzzcast before of the deep divisions and personal animosity around men's professional golf when it comes to Live Golf versus the PGA and World Golf Tours. It's real and it's very divisive. This weekend showcased another glaring example when the RNA in Britain refused to invite two-time British Open champion Greg Norman to the Open's 150th anniversary celebration at St. Andrews this week. This was clearly a very public rebuke of Norman and only Norman for leading Live Golf. Norman called the RNA's move petty and cited his years of work over 40 years of promoting and growing the game of golf on and off the course. Clearly, the RNA felt the presence of Greg Norman at St. Andrews would significantly distract from its 150th celebration and wanted no part of him there. He is clearly seen as persona non grata and a major negative disruptor among the traditional golf base. While other live golf players and former Open champions Phil Mickelson and Louis Oostenhausen were invited to Tuesday's Champions Dinner, Greg Norman was not invited. And this shows the damage to the Greg Norman legacy that he is experiencing in leading live golf. Meanwhile, some other players are feeling ramifications for playing on the Live Golf Series. MasterCard has paused its activations around longtime ambassadors Ian Poulter and Graham McDowell following their decision to join Live Golf. Now, MasterCard, remember, is a longtime PGA Tour sponsor, and the brand made its move because of the uncertainties around the player standing on the PGA Tour. Poulter first signed with MasterCard in 2009, while McDowell has been an ambassador for the brand since 2011. But our Josh Carpenter reporting first that MasterCard is pausing its activation with both of those players. And in other player news, Rory McIlroy's comments last week encouraging some form of compromise or a detente with Live Golf shocked many insiders. And many wondered who convinced McElroy, who has been so outspoken about Live Golf, to soften his language and kind of change his tune. Well, over the weekend, McElroy made it very clear he wasn't softening his stance. He said he remains opposed to Live Golf. There's no room in the golf world for such a series. He added, if Live Golf went away tomorrow, I'd be super happy. So McElroy doubling down on his comments against 
Live Golf. And Jordan Spieth had to shoot down reports that he would jump to Live Golf. And on Friday, he tweeted that any reports that he was contemplating competing anywhere other than the PGA Tour were untrue and that he was not in discussions with Live Golf. So again, you see this constant drumbeat of news, Live Golf versus the PGA and World Tour. We anticipate it continuing for quite some time. Let's move on. The buzz and the coverage around the WNBA All-Star Weekend in Chicago was far more than I can ever remember, and it speaks to the growing interest around that league. It started on Friday when Puma unveiled its signature shoe around Brianna Stewart, and the Stewie One, the name of the shoe, is the first signature women's basketball shoe in over a decade. And Stewart is just the 10th woman in WNBA history and the first with Puma to release her own signature shoe. So this is a big step. She debuted the sneaker in Chicago this weekend. The shoe and apparel will be released this September. And there's more coming as well, as Elena Deladonna will join Brianna Stewart and become the 11th woman to have her own signature shoe. So Deladonna's Nike Air Delden 1 will be released in October. So it's positive news on the sneaker and marketing and fashion front from Chicago. And there was a significant amount of media coverage from Chicago. Meanwhile, Commissioner Kathy Engelbert made some news on Sunday when she announced that the WNBA will use charter flights for all its league finals games this year. That's a big step. She said the WNBA will also increase bonus pool money for the playoffs and they will expand their regular season to 40 games for next year, according to Engelbert. That, the, these are all big moves. The move to charters for the finals is significant. Remember, travel remains a constant concern for the players and the coaches, they've called for charter flights. This is a step toward that. The playoff bonus pool will increase to $500,000, which will double what each player winning the championship receives. So doubling that fund there. And finally, the league expanding the number of regular season games from 36 to 40 games. Again, another indicator of growth around interest in the WNBA. So all in all, a very good weekend in Chicago for the WNBA. Let's shift to the NBA because two NBA player signings had real business implications over the weekend and both touched on loyalty and trying to change the model in the NBA. First, Washington Wizards owner Ted Leonsis is one many in sports business keep their eye on as he's always seen as a smart thinker and ahead of the game and he passionately spoke of loyalty and commitment when talking about Bradley Beal's new contract. And the contract is significant because it gives Bradley Beal major control. Now, Beal signed a five-year, $251 million max contract, but it's the details that are interesting. The deal comes with a fifth-year player option, a no-trade clause, and a 15% trade bonus or kicker. The Washington Post said the deal made Beal one of the most powerful NBA players who has unique say and unique leverage over his future. No other player in the NBA has such control 
and leverage. Ted Leonsis admitted that he didn't think about it as giving Bradley Beal more leverage, but more that he wanted to indicate a spirit of partnership and to show to Beal and to the NBA that the team, the Wizards, and Bradley Beal were in it together. So a pretty interesting contract if you have a chance to take a look at it. Meanwhile, in Portland, Damian Lillard has decided to stay with the Blazers with an extension that keeps him with the team through the 26-27 season. It's for a lot of money. Lillard has spent all 10 of his NBA seasons in Portland. He was hoping to stay with the Blazers, and he said he wanted to do this to show a whole generation of young basketball players that they can still find happiness in one city. And he hopes that his staying in one city in Portland will have an impact in the NBA going forward. So he said many times he wanted to retire with the Blazers, but also wanted to contend for a championship. He believes he can do that. Again, he's trying to make a statement that players can stay in one market for their career. And he's trying to change the model in the NBA. So again, two very interesting contracts in the NBA that are worth understanding just a little bit. And finally, let's end the buzzcast with this name, Gene Sykes. It's a name you'll want to remember because the United States Olympic and Paralympic Committee named him Gene Sykes as its next chair. So he will have a massive influence on America's Olympic movement for the next few years. He succeeds current chair Suzanne Lyons, and he is the former CEO of LA 2028. He was incredibly important and influential in landing the games in Los Angeles. He built relationships in the international Olympic community during that process that obviously helped him during this election to become chair of the USOPC. He beat out a current board member, Dexter Payne. Dexter Payne had deep ties to the governing bodies and likely had more support from the athletes. So this is a very interesting move by the USOPC. Gene Sykes takes over uh, during a difficult time, no doubt about it. There's geopolitical tensions. There's the decision on what to do around the Salt Lake City's bid for either the 2030 or 2034 Winter Games. There is the issues and the excitement about LA 28. So Gene Sykes, very well known in the Olympic community, is the new chair of the USOPC. He officially takes the job on January 1st. So Suzanne Lyons is still in her role for the next few months. Gene Sykes takes over at the start of the year and will become one of the major and influential players in the Olympic movement. And so that is your morning buzzcast for a busy Monday, July 11th. I'm Abe Madcor. Hope everybody has a great start to their work week. Stay healthy. Be good to each other. I'll speak to you tomorrow. Welcome to Irvine, California, where it's easy to play like pros. At the heart of Irvine's competitive culture is Great Park, the region's premier 194-acre multi-sport complex, equipped for youth teams to Olympians and everything in between. Plus, Great Park's expansion is underway. With near-perfect weather and a thriving sports scene, Irvine is the place to play. Visit DestinationIrvine.com for more information.